Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole, leading functional medicine expert and best-selling author. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up, everybody? It's Dr. Will Cole, and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine practitioner. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago. So my entire career has been consulting people via webcam and we drop ship labs to them. And we deal a lot with uh, people with different autoimmune problems, different inflammatory issues that impacts people in many different far-reaching ways, but neurological autoimmune problems, underlying digestive issues, and then non-autoimmune, just inflammatory issues like anxiety and depression and fatigue and brain fog, people that have hormonal imbalances, complex chronic infections like chronic viral infections, biotoxin issues like mold, Lyme disease and co-infections to Lyme disease. So those are my people, people that for many of them, it's a silent issue, meaning people don't understand what it takes just to get through the day when you're struggling with these complex health issues. And they're isolated, they're marginalized, and oftentimes delegitimized. So it's a passion of mine to give them answers, to give them a lifeline, to give them tools to start to move their health in a positive direction. And they're not, and letting them know they're not crazy. And we can, we have to know what we're dealing with to do something about it. And it's my heart and my passion is to give them tools to start moving their life in a positive direction. And so I get to clinically monitor them and coach them and guide them over months and years really to reclaim their health. So this show, The Art of Being Well, is a natural ripple effect of that. People that are wanting to learn more about health and wellness, want to learn more about functional medicine, and go on these deep dives of different different topics within health and wellness. And as its name suggests, The Art of Being Well, we're exploring the science and the art of wellness and applying it in a way that works for everybody sustainably for you and understanding the the concept of bioindividuality within functional medicine, how we're all different and what's needed and desirable for one person may not be the best thing for the next person and exploring that and having these conversations on the art of being well. So I've written a few books about these topics in addition to my clinical work. My first book is called Ketotarian. It's a mostly plant-based, clean ketogenic way of eating. Second book is called The Inflammation Spectrum. And my newest book just came out not too long ago. It's called Intuitive Fasting. 
It is, as its name implies, a paradoxical approach to intermittent fasting, a, a more mindful approach. And it's using intermittent fasting as both a tool, um, a medicine, if you will, a therapeutic tool to lower inflammation, improve brain function and energy levels, to modulate a lot of important pathways on a clinical and practical like health standpoint. But it's also using intermittent fasting as a mindfulness practice and learning about your body and, and using it almost as a meditation, using intermittent fasting as a meditation. So that is what intuitive fasting is all about. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, my telehealth center, or the books, you can check it out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. Let's get to today's guest. She is one of the kindest people that I know in the health space. She's so smart as well. Her name is Kelly Levesque. She is a dear friend of mine. She is a certified holistic nutritionist. She's a wellness expert. She's a celebrity health coach. And actually before starting her consulting business that everybody in Los Angeles goes to, it's called Be Well by Kelly. She worked in the medical field actually for Fortune 500 companies like J&J, Stryker, and Hologic. She eventually moved into personalized medicine, offering tumor gene mapping and molecular subtyping to oncologists. She is so brilliant. She's a frequent contributor to dozens of active diet and fitness and fashion and lifestyle sites. She received her bachelor's degree from the University of Southern California and completed her postgraduate studies in clinical nutrition at UCLA and UC Berkeley. And she is a wealth of information we get into it. We talk about how Kelly found her passion in life to help others transform their health and nourish their bodies. We talk about the science behind our blood sugar and why blood sugar balance is so important and how exactly to balance your blood sugar. We talk about the Fab Four and what she refers to as the Fab Four. You have to check that out. Uh, that help to balance blood sugar and balance issues. We talk about Kelly's body love journal and how it can help free you from cravings and food drama. We talk about the empowerment of having calm food choices in our life and how that impacts our health. We talk about how Kelly is helping women guide their nutritional choices during their pregnancy. If you are pregnant, if you're looking to become pregnant, or if you know somebody that's pregnant, you have to check out this conversation about pregnancy and health and wellness. We talk about how to navigate food choices from a child's view. So if you're a parent, or if you know a kid, <laughs> you have to hear this, this information. And we, we talk about how to get kids excited and trying new food choices and new healthy food choices. And we talk about how to use the Fab Four again to make a filling smoothie to optimize your health and wellness goals. And we talk about also the specific type of collagen that Kelly recommends. I love that part of the conversation as well. So let's get right to it. Here's my conversation with Kelly Levesque. As you all know, I love to intermittent fast. I'm consulting people over 10 hours a day via webcam. I have to be on my game. I have to be mentally sharp. I have to have energy. I have to hold space for people that are going through some serious health issues. And intermittent fasting is one of the ways that I definitely do that. I love how I feel. And that's something that I talk about at length in intuitive fasting. And as you know, if from past episodes here or in intuitive fasting, you know that I recommend drinking electrolytes and staying hydrated when you are intermittent fasting. Hydration is one of the most critical, important aspects of living a healthy lifestyle. Whether you're intermittent fasting or not, it's very important. Whether you're getting in your morning workout, you're hiking in hot temperatures, or you're struggling with headaches, if you're struggling with muscle cramps, fatigue, 
electrolytes are critical. Drink Element replaces these essential electrolytes without the sugar, without artificial ingredients, without coloring and other junk ingredients that you'll find in, in all these popular electrolyte drinks on the market today. Element was developed by Rob Wolf, who is one of the smartest people that I know of. He is a former research biochemist and two times New York Times bestselling author and his coaches, Tyler and Louise, because they were frustrated with the lack of healthy electrolyte options on the market. And believe me, I... Feel their pain is definitely true. And this is a massive problem because people would go for these electrolyte drinks and they're filled with sugar and artificial coloring and tons of junk. Well, they fix this problem. Their customers include three Navy SEAL teams as prescribed by their master chief, Team USA weightlifting, and dozens of NFL and NBA teams. As a member of our community, Element has a very special offer for you. You can claim your free Element sample pack, you only cover the cost of shipping. Just go to drinkelement.com slash art of being well. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash art of being well. It's our go-to electrolyte at the Functional Medicine Center. I'm sipping on some right now. Check it out. Hi guys, my name is Sarah Nicole and I am the host of the Papaya Podcast, where each week we dish out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom all through candid conversations in a very real and tangible way. I want everyone to know that they're not alone and that we share in these experiences called life. And sometimes when we get to know somebody else's story, it changes ours a little bit as well. So I want you to tune in with us on Mondays, subscribe, rate and review it and keep these conversations going with us. You can tune in behind the scenes at the Papaya Podcast and the birds papaya on Instagram as well. Can't wait to see you next week. Kelly, my friend, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love spending time with you and uh, I'm glad we could do this before I have this baby. Yes, yes, the baby <laughs> is coming soon. And I'm excited to talk with you about all this stuff, including pregnancy. I want to talk about that. But for people that don't know who Kelly Levesque is, I don't know how they couldn't know, but <laughs> for those people that are living somewhere off the grid and they're finally on the grid, who is Kelly Levesque? I am a holistic nutritionist and author of the book series, Body Love. So I have Body Love and Body Love Every Day. I'm obsessed with blood sugar balance and trying to find the positivity in most things that I do. I'm the mother of one son married to my, like the love of my life since 2007, having been my second son in like three weeks. And yeah, I just, I love what I do. I spent eight years in cancer and genetics before deciding to go out on my own and help people prevent disease and prevent illness. It's always been my passion since I was a very young adolescent. I would say health in high school was my favorite class, but back then, it's a long time ago, (laughs) (laughs) 90s and early 2000s, I never thought that it could be this type of a career. So I didn't pursue it initially. I pursued cancer and genetics, obviously, um, but ultimately made my way back to my calling. And it's been the best ride of my life. Wow. Isn't that a powerful statement of that? I mean, that phrase can be used flippantly of like finding your calling and going, going there. Um, But what a powerful example of what following your passion can bring you because you've done some amazing things in, in wellness. And I love that you said, I'm obsessed with blood sugar balance. I just think that's such a, a, a nerdy and amazing thing that you're like <laughs> speaking my love language. <laughs> but tell maybe for people that don't know, why are you obsessed with blood sugar balance? Why does it matter? Why, why should we care? Well, for a number of reasons, like 
I think what's so interesting and what people don't realize is your body is always trying to achieve balance and or homeostasis in so many different facets uh, in like, you know, systems in your body. And what blood sugar is, is it's, it's dictated by how we eat and how we live. And so it's one of those systems that is really influenced by the choices that we make. And then the way that we feel is an ultimate outcome of those initial choices. So when you think about starting your day with maybe a processed carbohydrate, you're in New York, you're having a bagel, like that is breaking down to glucose. that's going to spike your blood sugar, you know, sometimes up for 90 minutes. And then your body is releasing hormones to bring that down like insulin. Right. And so it's bringing that down and you're riding that roller coaster. Well, that start to a day can be totally different than starting your, you know, your day with a fatty coffee or an egg scramble or a balanced protein shake. And I just think, what is the basics of science and understanding nutrition for people is understanding how their food choices can really support their blood sugar balance, elongate their blood sugar curve, and really keep them from making knee-jerk decisions around food later, decrease cravings, um, decrease inflammation, decrease their chances of having disease states like polycystic ovarian syndrome, pre-diabetes, diabetes, heart disease, you know, the list goes on and on. But so many people just go back to calories or they go back to, you know, no one has simplified it for them. And so I really am like, I like to be the voice of simplification when it comes to blood sugar balance and explaining to people how the food that they eat breaks down in their body and influences and or supports the Mm -hmm. homeostatic process of keeping blood sugar balanced for our bodies. I think it should be taught in elementary school. (laughs) I think kids should understand it. You know, when we look at how we raise our children and what we put on their plate, like we have the ability to influence their mood, their behavior, their ability to learn. And all of that has to do with the food choices we make for them and the food choices we make for ourselves. So true. And you have a, a great way that I think is a very approachable and digestible, no pun intended there, for blood sugar balance. So what are some simple things people can do to get blood sugar balanced? Like today, if they want to start, like quit being hangry, they want to feel good. What can they do? Yeah. Well, um, so what I'm, a, uh, as I said earlier, I'm a creature of a habit. I love positivity. I love a checklist. I don't like when people tell me that I can't eat something or something's off limits. I like reaching goals. So I created something called the fab four and it's, four things that support blood sugar balance um, and four things you should look for on your plate, no matter what your like diet and lifestyle is. You could be, you could be raw vegan and you could be, you know, keto paleo, but what you're looking for are general categories. Um, those being protein, fat, fiber, and vegetables, deep in color, leafy greens, right? So when we look at what does protein break down to, well, it breaks down to amino acids. It's having a minimal effect, if any, on blood sugar. When we look at fat, it breaks down to fatty acids and that's having no effect on blood sugar. When we look at protein and fat, they are both essential. We have to get them from our food, no matter what our lifestyle Mm -hmm. is. So protein and fat are my first two pillars. The fiber and greens piece just takes that carbohydrate notion and says, hey, if you can, can we pick the carbohydrates that are wrapped in their fiber cell? These are what we would call cellular carbohydrates. So cellular carbohydrates are carbs that are wrapped in their fiber cell. Acellular carbohydrates would be carbs that have been obliterated from their fiber cell. These are things like your flours. So refined flours, 
juices, sugars, all of these carbohydrates have been pulled from their fiber cell. But what's so amazing about, I think, nature and when we think about natural carbohydrates is that nature is doing this work for us. They're, it's wrapping the sugars and starches in the fiber and our micro, it's requiring our full digestive process to release those. So it's a natural way of slowing the digestion of the sugar that we're eating, the starch that we're eating. And it's just having people focus on filling their plate with the things that not only regulate hunger hormones, but elongate that blood sugar curve, slow down the digestion of sugar and allow for it to have a gradual rise and fall. And that gradual rise and fall just helps us keep our energy high and helps us function at a high level. It gets us all those nutrients, antioxidants, phytochemicals, you name it, water, protein, amino acids, it's all that good stuff without the crash, the cravings and all of the sort of dysregulated hunger that can happen when we have those highly processed foods. Yeah. Wow. You have, that's such a great way of explaining it. I've actually never heard somebody explain it that beautifully and with a different perspective on it, just as a way uh, that how nature is encasing these things and it kind of does the work for us, which is so great. You have a journal, right? That's coming out published by HarperCollins. Uh, And by the time people hear this, it will be out. So tell us about the journal. I think it's really an amazing thing that you're really focusing on these positive foods and ways to really get that balance. But yeah, shed some light on it. Yeah. Well, I've been in practice for about almost a decade now. And what I found when working with clients is that food is just a really easy thing to control. We want to like journal our food and we want to journal it calorically or by macros, or we want to like beat ourselves up about like Mm -hmm. the one bite of cookie or the chocolate you had after dinner, the glass of wine or whatever it is. And it becomes really like this negative space where it's like, not only is it something we control when the outside world doesn't feel like we can control it. Well, you know, just got through 2020, so (laughs) I can understand how that happens, but just what I hadn't seen on the market and what I had been using with my clients was tracking the positive. So in the same way that you have a gratitude journal and the journal has places for positivity tracking in regards to your life. And I'll, and I'll explain that too. But when it comes to food specifically, the hit list of the fab four is just one of those things. It's to shed light and to say like, Hey, did you have your fab four? And if you added fiber and greens, it could be as simple as, Hey, we went to dinner and I normally don't add that side of broccoli or broccolini, but I added the roasted broccolini or my family started with that like simple arugula salad. And like, that's just, you know, what we are doing is we're creating this positive emotion from an, a positive action instead of deprivation that is cyclically going to create that dopamine hit in our brain. That's going to make us want to do it again and again and again. So it's gamifying healthy eating in a really positive way. I love that's that. like, Hey, you know, and that's something that I do, you know, obviously as a a new mom and my Sebastian's two and he's eating all the foods, but you know, I just try my best at every meal to keep that structure for him too. It's like, he knows there's going to be broccoli or asparagus or cauliflower rice or something on his plate. Mm -hmm. And it's been that way since the beginning. So it's expected. He eats it. He enjoys it. He doesn't, you know, fight me, which we'll see how the second child... (laughs) You know, I'm sure if I put that out in the atmosphere, <laughs> it may come back to bite me. But, um, but I will say like, 
you're setting the expectation. And that was, that's what the journal is doing is it's allowing you to find the positive in the food choices you're making instead of having it be a place where you're creating negativity and being hard on yourself. And then at the end of the, each day, we do something called positivity tracking, where you just track three things that you're really grateful for. And what I find in like gratitude journaling is that people will say like, I'm, he- I'm really thankful for my health and my family and my house or my faith and you know where I live and like the weather, like it's just sort of like general and vague. But what we start to do is say like, I'm really thankful for that conversation I had with Will today. It was so fun to see his face and just catch up with him. And uh, he's such a positive person. Like that is positivity tracking with specifics. And when we start to do that, the little things that are those like, just the fibers of our everyday life, we start to feel really grateful for. It might be that that cup of coffee tasted really good or the sound of Sebastian laughing in the other room when he was playing Legos with Chris. Sound, it was mm-hmm. like really special. And you start to notice just like, and it's not the big things. It's like you start to notice the little things that are really making up your day and how positive they make you feel. And then you start to find those. And it's just creating this way to find the positivity in your life and continue mm-hmm. to see those as beautiful moments. Yeah, well, that you brought up a very poignant point that you and I have both seen over years of seeing patients and clients and is that it's not just about the meal, even though the the macronutrients and the nutrition is certainly important and imperative, of course, but the space in which you eat that meal or, and the headspace in which you eat that meal is in many times just as important and in, in some for some people more important, wouldn't you say so? And I, if you could like lean into that a bit more, explaining to people the importance of that. It's not just about getting the nutrition. And if you're filled with shame and dread and obsession, that's going to create a completely different outcome than if somebody's eating in stillness and appreciation. But you touched on it a little bit, but I think that there's so much, I don't want to blase over it. It's very, very important. Yeah, it can be really impactful. I mean, just looking at outside of the fact that like slowing down and eating without your phone and eating the presents, breaking bread with your family or your friends and being grateful for that moment is going to slow you down and you're going to digest your food a lot better. You're going to chew a little bit slower. You're going to enjoy that meal more. But I think the shame and guilt that surrounds food creates this pressure cooker of needing to be perfect in a place where there's never perfection. And especially in today's day and age in um, the digital world where you can jump on the internet and be like, I'm trying to make the best decision. So I'm listening to Will Cole on his podcast and I'm reading his books and I'm making these decisions. And then all of a sudden you're flying through Instagram and it's like, oh, well that, you know, olive oil is actually horrible for you or that like, you know, um, matcha is laced with heavy metals or, you know, and then all of a sudden you're hearing all this noise that's making you feel like a failure because there's so much information out there that what I always tell my clients to do is take a deep breath because all the stress and anxiety that you're feeling around food is negating the fact that you're even eating healthy foods and it's deterring you from continuing to get consistent. And when people can get consistent and kind of calm their body down, I think about like my grandparents, like my grandma's always like, just eat something, honey. You know, (laughs) like it's just this calm and peace around food. And, you know, I think Michael Pollan's quote that's like, you know, eat mostly plants, like it's whole foods, mostly plants or something like that. Keep it simple. 
it's that simple mentality of just not overthinking it and really being able to enjoy it and trying to not have stress around it allows for you to get consistent. And I'm sure you've seen this in your practice, but the people who are practice gratitude in a calm space and instead of feeling guilty when they stand up, feel like empowered and fueled for the greater good, Mm -hmm. they can do so much more in this world because they're not thinking about and obsessing over the food choices that they're making. They're making these very simple choices in a calm state. And they're able to use all that mental capacity and brain space to go make change in the world, to, you know, like influence and love on their children and their spouse, to like do really big things in the business world, to be innovative. Like we all have a lot of work to do and we can easily get caught in that merry-go-round of overthinking our food choices, feeling guilt and shame. And then it bleeds into the confidence that we have in our life to do other things. Beekeepers Naturals is disrupting the conventional medicine captain by creating nature-powered medicine that actually works. My friends at Beekeepers Naturals use a very special, potent natural ingredient called propolis. And if you haven't heard about it yet, it's time to hear what the buzz is all about. Bee propolis acts as the medicine of the beehive. It fights germs and protects the bees with over 300 beneficial vitamins and minerals. What the heck? And guess what? It's just as beneficial to human beings as it is to our favorite pollinators. Take Bee Immune Propolis Throat Spray as a daily ritual to support your immune system or spray it to soothe a scratchy, uncomfortable throat. I love the stuff. I use the Bee Immune Propolis Spray actually right before I started recording because I'm talking all day long consulting patients via webcam. So when you talk so much, your throat can get a little scratchy. So even when I'm not feeling run down, my throat's just scratchy. A few sprays of the BME and Propolis throat spray, so good, makes me feel so good when I'm talking and it's not super annoying when you have a scratchy throat. For a limited time, Beekeepers Naturals is offering my listeners an exclusive deal. They will ship you a free two-week supply of Bee Immune Propolis throat spray. You just pay $5 for shipping, to claim this deal, you must visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash willcole. This deal is not available on the regular site, so be sure to go to B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash willcole, W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E. This deal is only good for March and April. Start prioritizing your immune health today. And if you don't love it, they will actually refund your $5, no questions asked. You can also find Beekeepers Naturals nationwide in over 2,000 stores, including Target, Whole Foods, and Sprouts. With so many stressors in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients it needs to thrive. Busy schedules, hello, I get that, poor sleep, Exercise, the environment, stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods can leave us deficient in key nutrients. This is where Athletic Greens can help. It is a life-changing nutritional habit. I love this stuff. Their daily powder is your nutritional essential. It's by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit that you can do to add to your daily routine today and empower towards better habits throughout your life. They simplify the logistics of getting optimal nutrition on a daily basis by giving you one thing with all the best things. So I am busy consulting patients all day long via webcam. It's a long day. I need to be on my game. I have to have energy. I have to feel my best. 
And Athletic Greens is one of the ways that I do it. Just one tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all work together synergistically to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion and supports a healthy immune system. I can definitely attest to that. It's my go-to. Using your meals as your multivitamin, it is like this drinkable amazing elixir that I love having every day, all without the need to take multiple products or pills. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system year around. They are offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today. You'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. So whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, Covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and freaking efficient. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash willcole and join health experts, athletes, and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash willcole and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. Lately, now more than ever with people, is this phenomenon of orthorexia, which has always been around, but it's, I think, more awareness is around it. And I think it's been this double-edged sword of amazing information that we have at our fingertips of Dr. Google and amazing resources, which is all great. But sometimes that amount of information is like too much for the vessel that's, that's receiving it. And it can unintentionally have unintended consequences. So maybe for people that aren't aware of orthorexia, I, I, I haven't talked to you about this before, but have, is that something that you have seen with people and and what yeah, should people do about it's, it? It's majorly on the rise. I mean, it's exactly what you say. It's Dr. Google. It's like experts, it's books, it's competing theories. It's, um, and I always like to tell people, you know, there are books that I love. For example, I love Max Lugavere's book. I love your book. You know, their Fiber Fueled is a great book, but like I have people who, you know, will take that advice and say, well, you liked Fiber Fueled, that that's a vegan book. And it's all about, and I always say we're looking for the positives. We're not, we're looking for the research nuggets that we can take away and actually implement in our life. And I think that's where people are missing the filter. The filter needs to be about your life, what makes you feel best and what positive pieces you can take and learnings and teachings you can take, not as gospel, but as literally as, as just tools and resources. So my way of working through orthorexia with clients and not allowing for that to happen, which for people who don't know what that is, it's when you have strict food rules and it limits what you feel like is safe and healthy for you to eat. And sometimes I've had clients down to four foods and we're working our way back from you know, what might be a really obviously like small amount of nutrients and, and small amount of safe foods back to incorporating lots of foods um, is to really find those golden nuggets of, well, what is fiber fueled really trying to teach us? Well, it's trying to teach us that the variety of color and plant foods in our life is going to massively increase the diversity and proliferation of the microbiome. We all can incorporate that. Mm -hmm. Whether you're eating meat or not, it's how can you up the amount of colors and, and vegetables in your diet? And maybe that's looking for more colors when you go grocery shopping on Saturday or Sunday, or 
adding that side of broccolini or the arugula salad at the restaurant when you're doing, you know, having dinner out with your family, you know, the takeaways would be like from each book and from each expert or from each article would be not looking for what's trying to grab your attention because that's the internet's job. <laughs> like those articles True. are trying to compete. One article will say coconut oil is going to kill you. One article is going to say it's the best thing for you know preventing Alzheimer's and dementia. And it's like these two articles are looking to be at the top rank on Google and they're going to obviously compete if one of them is ranked high. And so just understanding how that works and being able to say like, what's the bit of research that I think would work for me or not work for me? That's and great advice. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I do with my clients. And it's always, if they have a food belief, I will flip it. Like if someone says, I don't eat brown rice anymore because I heard that it's higher in arsenic because the brand on brown rice is whatever. And I might break down, well, it it may be slower to digest than white rice. Someone has a digestive issue. Well, white rice may be easier for you to digest. And it doesn't come with with the potential of extracting heavy metals from the ground. But we need to understand that all plant foods extract heavy metals from the ground and it's based on your soil. So it's educating yourself and continuing to be open without being fearful. Mm. And that, you know, that is always my ultimate goal. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. I see a phenomenon clinically because I deal a lot of, with people with autoimmunity is that their orthorexia, their stress, shame, disordered eating towards healthy foods for them was triggered from a response that food gave them. So it's such an interesting thing. There's there's orthorexia, which is the eating disorder around healthy eating. But then I find that some people that orthorexia is triggered because they're like, dang, that food made me feel horrible. And I'm so afraid to ever have that flare again, which is a problem. They don't want to be fearful of it, but they kind of had that past trauma around foods. And at that point, it's not only dealing and healing the body to create that resilience, but it's also healing that relationship with food. Um, Have you seen that? I'm sure you've seen that. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head because you're talking about healing the body to deal with the food. I think when, you know, this is something I've touched on with a few other practitioners on my podcast is that when you do elimination diets, when you're, you have SIBO, when you, you have certain, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, you have histamine intolerance. Like when you have things going on, that maybe the gut barrier has been permeated and you're dealing with leaky gut, but all you do is go send in for an at-home food allergy test. And then you get that food allergy test back and it says you're allergic to cashews and you got that test back in 2012 and we're looking, it's 2020, you know, 21. And we still haven't eaten cashews because that one test told us that one time that it was bad for our body is pretty interesting because it's information and it's access without the knowledge in, in the middle that teaches people, okay, it's a trigger right now, basically probably because your gut is permeable. You're maybe having a lot of, maybe you're having cashew butter every day and like your body needs to heal and be able to, to handle that. And then you need to retest and see like, did you go through a protocol to calm your inflammatory response, to make sure that your gut was in a healthy place? And then mm-hmm. can you reintroduce it without those mm-hmm. um, responses? Because you're, you're exactly right. Like having a, an autoimmune flare, having a reaction, getting test results that feel like permanent, um, that can all feel really overwhelming for someone mm-hmm. to want to, to bring foods back. But mm-hmm. I always tell my clients, if you've ever been to a Body Worlds exhibit, it's amazing what like 
the body can do. Like if you actually see the lungs of a smoker and then you see that, you know, the lungs of someone who smoked for 20 years and then didn't smoke for five years and you're seeing this bright pink tissue, like your body is amazing and it's capable of so many things. And it's the same with genetics and epigenetics. It's like, yes, you were dealt some genes, but like, how are you living your life to protect yourself or just to optimize so that you don't have to be in a fearful place? So knowledge can be overwhelming, but it can also be powerful. And just always know that your body is amazing and it can heal itself. And if you have the right people on your team to support you to do that, like you or other doctors that do a really good job of making sure that their their clients and patients know how to do that, that's like priceless. Yeah. I don't want to skip over something that you said that was very important for people to kind of hear it again. Those labs, especially food sensitivity testing, that's a snapshot in time. So hanging your hat for the next five years of your life and like, this is my diet. I want people to realize that if they went to that lab the next week or got the at-home test the next week, they would see different foods being positive. That's a sign of more it's less to do about those foods and more to do about intestinal permeability that's causing the reaction to those foods. That's a great point. And I see a lot of times people get these tests with good intentions. I mean, it's being, uh, they want to find out, they want to be proactive, <laughs> but it adds to their orthorexia and they're fearful around these foods and they're adjusting their whole breakfast, lunch, and dinner based off of this snapshot in time. Or they think, they see that test and maybe even a doctor ran it and they didn't explain it's not an allergy. And they say, I have an allergy to these foods, which is very much at a different pathway uh, than a food sensitivity testing. That's a great, great point. You recently launched a pregnancy nutrition course. And <laughs> I want to talk about that because uh, it's very important for people to realize what, what can they do if they are pregnant, if they're looking to become pregnant. Tell us about the course. Well, you know, I'm obsessed with blood sugar balance and pregnancy is one of those times in life where your blood sugar becomes a little erratic and your propensity for diabetes, what we would call gestational diabetes goes up, especially in your third trimester. Add on top of that food aversions, cravings, not feeling like yourself in your body, feeling nauseous, not being able to work out or being in pain due to sciatica or weight gain or whatever. It's a trying time for women and it's also a beautiful time for women and we're making a human being from scratch. So there's a lot of there's a lot of play here and I just wanted to give people the simple tools to understand how to eat foods that were super nutrient dense that supported blood sugar balance. It's based on the fab 4, but I break down those nutrients in like the first it's a number of videos in a downloadable PDF, but it was just it came to my attention, um, especially based on the fact that there are recommendations that we meet 150 grams of carbohydrates to 100, you know, 150 to 200 with an average of 175 grams of carbohydrates a day when you're pregnant is interesting to me because there's no actual requirement for carbohydrates, but that there is when you're pregnant, that, that, yeah. <laughs> that that's a recommendation is a little bit appalling. Um, mm-hmm. but mostly because like, when you think about the fab for it supports supports blood sugar balance, but it gets you those essentials, those essential amino acids and those essential fatty acids, which a lot of times are from like pasture-raised eggs, wild salmon, you might eat like lamb shank or grass-fed beef. Um, and to know that those sources of protein are so rich in like 
the nutrients that your baby needs for cognitive development, like choline, DHA, iron, um, B vitamins, like all of those things are going to make up your, your child's brain and their body. And so I just wanted to give people some information in that space and how they can use the fab four to support blood sugar balance. I've had a number of clients over the last you know, few years that have been pregnant, trying to get pregnant, or were diagnosed with gestational diabetes. And I use the fab four throughout my pregnancy. You know, I think it was really supportive in me gaining a specific amount of weight that I felt like was healthy and still having, you know, over an eight pound child. So, you know, like you just want, you want the best for your children and you want to enjoy the experience. And I think knowledge again is and understanding blood sugar is everything when it comes to to supporting your blood sugar balance for your baby because elevated blood sugar is not only harmful for your child, it increases the chances that you will have a hard labor because your child will put on more weight and increases the chances that you would have preeclampsia and all kinds of things. So it's it was a passion project and I was really proud of it. And it's really fun to connect with moms who are pregnant too because they're learning it while they're pregnant, but then also they're able to use it when they're when they've given birth and when they're breastfeeding or if they decide not to when they're trying to get their body back or whatever. Yeah, it's such a great point. And it's very, very important. And back to Dr. Google, it's quite overwhelming for new moms that are immersed with all this, this information. And you break down the foods and the specific foods to focus on, which is, I think, very important. And let's talk about motherhood when the baby's born, you mentioned the picky eaters and not picky eaters. And what do you do for, if you're the mom or dad out there, if you're the parent out there, that's like, wow, I didn't start off like introducing my kids to these healthy foods. Now they're super picky, but I want to do better now. What are some tips that you have for parents that their kids are super picky and they're not into healthy foods because of, for whatever reasons? Well, first of all, we don't blame the child's palate because any adult knows who's had like highly palatable foods or processed foods. We know what Cheetos taste like. We know what donuts taste like. And if someone <laughs> grew up eating that food, those foods like I did, I know, you know, what I know is that a bagel bite is not going to make me feel great after I eat it. But I do have nostalgic thoughts about a bagel bite, you know, making bagel bites my freshman year in high school when I get <laughs> home from soccer practice. So yeah. there are, you know, there needs to be a connection of an understanding that these foods are pretty addictive for kids and they are not going to have enough a filter like an adult to know that they might not be the healthiest options. If they're given fries, they're going to choose fries over the protein and the vegetables and or the fruit on their plate. So take a deep breath and know the best thing that you can do is get your kids involved. So one of my favorite things is for parents with young kids is to get a kitchen stool. Those are the kitchen helper stools. Get your child up to counter level, get child safe knives, get them cutting produce. We have two farms here where we live, um, Tanaka Farms and the Ecology Center where Sebastian goes. He picks produce. We do it like every month or so. On um, the Ecology Center is like a farm stand where he like holds the basket. You know, he's just turned two, holds the basket. It's it's a little bit of a cluster, but he like picks the produce from from the farm stand. I let him eat it. I let him touch it. Like get them involved, and then he'll actually support me in the kitchen to cook them. And you have to be obviously very safe, but. For example, like we picked bok choy, we brought it home, we rinsed it, we cut it, we rinsed it off. 
he sauteed it with a little olive oil and some like kelp seasoning. And he was so proud of himself. Like he ate the whole plate. Whereas if I just like put that on the plate in front of him and he wasn't involved and he had no investment in it, he's going to tell me no. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think ownership is really, really important. And then offering, you know, it's like one of the things that I do is I stagger. So I know if my child, if Bash is sitting down and he's hungry, the first things that I'm offering him are veggies. The protein always comes out like... I am not always like a restaurant where it comes out at the same time. <laughs> so my roasted veggies will sometimes be done before my protein is done, but we're doing the roasted veggies. Then we're serving up the protein. Then we're serving up the starch. So if there's like a, uh, even like a lentil pasta side, or I'm giving him some blackberries or fruit, it's something where I'm allowing when he's hungry for him to eat the foods that are the most nutrient dense, the most fiber rich, that are lower glycemic foods that are going to support his microbiome. And then I'm bringing on like the colorful fruit or the starch, because the thing is, is of course, when they're hungriest, they're going to just eat whatever's on their plate. So think about staggering your food in. And then I think the last piece would just be keep trying, like Mm -hmm. whether it's kale chips or cauliflower rice mixed with regular rice, don't give up on your kids and say, they're just picky. Like Mm -hmm. what are they right now? I think we are quick to label our children as bad sleepers or hyper or poor eaters or the opposite, very smart, super athletic. You're kind of deciding their destiny for them. It's like, what's happening right now? And I think that that's a really powerful, that's powerful verbiage and language when, it, mm-hmm. when you're a parent, because I would say, my child is a poor sleeper right now, or yeah. he does not, he's not loving vegetables right now. It's being optimistic about the future for your children. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's, it's, you're underestimating, when we do that as parents, we're underestimating the power of nurturing. It's not just nature. And yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. I would just tell anyone out there that feels frustrated um, mm-hmm. to make sure that they're making the veggies and the produce that they love, because if your kid isn't going to eat it, they should. And just that's to keep point. trying, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, definitely. And I think the point of the Fab Four and what you teach about this is applicable to kids too. This isn't just an adult thing. And it's really a, a, a not every food plan is necessarily built for kids too. This is just really good thing for the whole family. Yeah, no, I just, I like to simplify it for anyone who doesn't understand blood sugar or anyone who doesn't, I mean, I have so many clients who could care less about food and nutrition. They're just tell me what to eat, Kelly. And they <laughs> generally know the categories. And I think that that, that is really empowering because I know how they work together. Protein is the most satisfying macronutrient. Throw fat on that. It's going to slow down the digestion, put fiber and, and veggies in your, like on your plate, it's going to stretch your stomach. It's going to calm the hunger hormone ghrelin. It's going to be slower to digest and that food's going to last more than two hours. You're going to get a four to six hour window mm-hmm. allowing for complete digestion, calm. And as we roll into the next meal, we'll make better choices because we're not falling off the cliff. Love that. You, speaking of kids and one thing that most kids like are smoothies. Adults like smoothies too, <laughs> blended drinks. And that's an easy way to get a lot of nutrient-dense foods in them. But I see a lot of people unintentionally, unknowingly, kind of using maybe not the best protein powders. And they're trying to do the right thing. There's so much protein powders out there. And a lot of them aren't filled with the best stuff. 
You recently launched a protein powder that is high quality, I, but I want people to understand the science behind it and why you picked the things that you did to, um, yeah, tell yeah. us about the protein powder. Okay. Well, obviously I created the Fab Four smoothie back in 2000, end of 2013, 2014. And that's just using the Fab Four in a smoothie because what I saw was all people were, were making were like fruit sorbets. <laughs> like it was just yeah. fruit on fruit on fruit blended with agave, a little nut milk, yeah. and they were topping it with granola, yeah. you know? Jamba juice at home. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And so I just looked at that and went, woo, we might as well have a bottle of rosé. That's a lot of like <laughs> sugar and, um, you know, may not be setting yourself up for success. So I created the like formula so people could use the fab for it to make a smoothie. And of course, what I was recommending were other people's proteins. It was like, oh, you know, you could grab this collagen or this bone broth protein or this grass-fed whey protein or this pea protein. And what I started to become is sort of like a protein powder sommelier. (laughs) And what was really important to me was to understand the manufacturing process. And so what's interesting is you look at like a grass-fed whey, you know, some people have dairy issues, but a grass-fed whey is curds and whey. So if you're making cheese, you're getting a byproduct of like a liquidy whey product and they just dehydrate it and that's whey concentrate. So it's a chemical-free extraction. The same with like a bone broth protein. If you're to make a bone broth, you make bone broth, you dehydrate it and then you have bone broth protein. But when you look at certain collagens, when you look at plant-based proteins, how do they get the protein out of that? Well, they, they use a chemical extraction and they're normally using something like hexane. So it's a strong chemical process to remove protein from grain rice, plants, things like that. And what we're, what we're also talking about is the plants are really good at, at sequestering heavy metals from the ground. So when I first set out to maybe potentially do a protein powder, it was, gosh, I think it was like 2016. And I had purchased pea protein because I wanted to be everything for everyone. I, Cause I'm, I like to be really inclusive. So I was like, I want all my plant-based people to have it. I want all my, you know, protein paleo people to have it. Mm-hmm. But then I got pregnant and I didn't feel comfortable drinking it. I was like, shoot, this is probably not a good sign if, if this is aligned with me or not. So I ultimately ended up liquidating that and waited and waited. And what I came out with was a grass-fed beef isolate. So in the same vein, how you make um, a bone broth protein is you make bone broth, right? It's cooked down, stewed down, and then you dehydrate it. So grass-fed beef isolate, I'm using a regenerative Swedish farm. And so this is from Sweden. These animals are 100% pasture raised. And instead of just putting the bones in the vat, they it's the bones and the meat. So you're getting 100% of your complete amino acids plus 100% of your collagen amino acids in a chemical-free extraction. And so then I said, okay, this is the best protein that I could probably ever get my hands on. And then I'm not using chemicals and I'm not worried about heavy metals because the animal acts as a filter. And that's really amazing. And these are healthy animals. And so then I went, okay, now I need to think about what else goes in it? And I think a lot of protein powder manufacturers are quick to add prebiotics, probiotics, vitamins. And you know this better than anyone is you look at these B vitamins they're adding and it's folic acid. It's not methylated form. If someone has a genetic mutation, it's going to cause an issue. If someone has SIBO and they're adding prebiotics and probiotics to the smoothie, it may cause like GI distress. It's Mm -hmm. the digestion and the complexity of it is like, I was just like, where is the simple, clean protein powder that has like minimal ingredients, you know, and isn't yeah. chemically extracted? And so 
I came out with the unflavored, which is just the beef isolate and it doesn't taste like beef. It's just plain unflavored. (laughs) And then I have a vanilla and chocolate and the vanilla is organic vanilla bean powder. So literally there's like little specks of black and the cacao, uh, the chocolate is uh, organic cacao and it's not alkalized, which is another issue in protein powders is they're using alkalized cacao, which removes all the polyphenols and all that like healthy stuff from chocolate. So it's really easy to knock my protein powder off, <laughs> but it's, um, it is like the best that I could get and I'm really proud of it. And the sweetener I use in the chocolate and vanilla, the unflavored doesn't have one is organic monk fruit powder. So wow. I know we'll have You've like done your research. Yeah. This is yeah. like <laughs> deep science of protein powder and you're right. These are all the pitfalls that are in the market. You took them out. You took out well, the pitfalls. I, just, I made it real boring and simple. It's kind of how I like people to eat. So, <laughs> But you know what? For people that are listening, people, there's an amount of food sensitivities out there, or we talked about intestinal permeability that's causing these food sensitivities. I should say it that way. Collagen is one of the most well-tolerated sources of protein. It is very low on the immunoreactive scale. So I think it's really brilliant that you did that. And it's a great source. And I love it. The, the unflavored does not taste like beef though. It's not like a burger. Movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it tastes like nothing. Scared. And either they get scared that it tastes like beef or they don't understand and they think it's whey. Right. You know? So right. it's not dairy. There's no dairy. There's no egg. There's no soy. There's no nuts. It's, you know, obviously you and I both know food sensitivities are going to check for vanilla and cacao as being like allergens. And sometimes they are. And for some people, alternative sweeteners like stevia, which I see more often, but even monk fruit for some people can have, people can get a headache or have an adverse reaction. So when people ask me like, should I be having this? I'm like, you just have to try it and see if it works for you. Like, I'm not going to I did the research. I tried to put out the best product and ultimately it's going to be, does it work for your body? Right. And I love it. In the same time, people are supporting regenerative farming, which is really important. Yeah. Um, before we go, this show is called The Art of Being Well, and you are Be Well by Kelly. You are the Be Well by Kelly. So who <laughs> better what person should I ask this question that in your years of experience, both professionally and personally, what is like one of the best pieces of wisdom that you've learned in your life about the art of being well? Well, I think it goes back to what we've talked about throughout this whole podcast. And it's just being optimistic and learning and taking away the positives. It isn't about taking someone else's plan or science or diet or lifestyle or beliefs and making them your own. It's about saying, what can I learn from this person, this expert, this book, this study, and how can I filter it through my own life and my own, who I am, what I stand for, and how can I bring it in in a positive way to create wellness? Mm, so good. My friend, how can people get plugged into all the amazing things that you're doing? <laughs> how can they find you? Well, I'm on Instagram and everywhere socially at Be Well by Kelly. And my website is Kelly Levesque and you'll find my protein powder and my books and my courses all there. My friend, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm extremely thankful for you. Oh, it was really fun. Well, it's good to see you. All right, my friends. What an awesome conversation, right? If you want to learn more about Kelly Levesque, check her out at kellylevesque.com. That's K-E-L-L-Y-L-E-V-E-Q-U-E.com. 
At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from John. John asks, hi, Dr. Cole. I hear you talk a lot about metabolic flexibility. What exactly is metabolic flexibility and how do I know if I have it? Great question, John. So metabolic flexibility, it's something that I've talked about clinically for a long time. I actually discuss it in, I think, all my books in in one way, definitely ketotarian and definitely it's a big conversation in intuitive fasting. Uh, And I think I touch upon it slightly in the the inflammation spectrum. But it's, it's something that I see on an hourly basis when I'm consulting patients online. It's when we're looking at labs, it's part of the conversation for most people because it's such a fundamental thing infrastructurally from a metabolic standpoint that we want to at least move in the right direction and optimize for everybody. Uh, So what I'm referring to, and I'm assuming, John, that you're hearing me discuss when I'm talking about intuitive fasting a lot lately on different podcasts, other podcasts and articles that I've written, you hear me talking about this because it's a central part of intuitive fasting. If you want to learn more about this specific to what I think you're seeing, John, uh, check out intuitive fasting because it's really a conversation about metabolic flexibility and mindfulness and how to use intermittent fasting mindfully and consciously to start to gain metabolic flexibility. So metabolic flexibility is a term that's used in the um, health space to talk about how your body's burning using fuel. Uh, And we we could be in a sugar burning mode or a fat burning mode. And all we're born, actually, all babies are born, they're very metabolically flexible. They're burning ketones or fat for fuel for proper neurological development. And we're also able to burn sugar, obviously. But as time goes on, we lose that metabolic flexibility. We um, become more metabolically inflexible or metabolically rigid. And the idea of burning fat for fuel actually doesn't happen very often for most modern adults. Uh, And if they do, it's very limited. And it's due to this epigenetic genetic mismatch. I mean, our way that we're living our life today as a general rule, is out of alignment with what our genetics would have adapted to. Researchers estimate that our genes haven't changed in 10,000 years, but yet our world has changed very dramatically in a very finite period of time when you're putting that into context with the totality of human history. So this evolutionary mismatch is really at the heart of what's triggering a lot of different inflammatory issues, metabolic issues, autoimmune issues, and mental health issues, to be honest with you, these inflammatory issues. Uh, And it's something that at the heart of my clinical work with my patients and metabolic inflexibility or metabolic rigidity is a component to something that I'm trying to optimize for my patients and is the conversation that I'm having in intuitive fasting in a big way Um, because it's our birthright. I mean, metabolic flexibility is in our DNA, but we are out of alignment with our biochemistry by living in, in a way that our genes haven't adapted to or evolved with. So I want people to have the ability to burn both fat and sugar and that's flexibility. The, the metabolic rigidity is being just in that sugar burning mode. And so how the, the second part of your question, John, is how do you know if you have it? 
Well, a lot of times it's it's symptoms like uh, fatigue, people struggling with different inflammatory problems, people struggling with blood sugar imbalance issues like we talked about in today's episode with Kelly. It is things like hangriness, you know, hungry and angry is evil spawn where you're just you have a, these insatiable cravings and you're irritable if you miss a meal, you're dependent on sugar and caffeine for energy levels. You get that PM slump of energy where you're really fatigued, you could nap. If you had time to, uh, you get a second wind in the evening. Oftentimes you have trouble with falling asleep or staying asleep. Your sleep's not very optimized. You have trouble losing weight. These are all telltale signs of some semblance of metabolic inflexibility or metabolic rigidity. So there are many ways to improve metabolic flexibility. And that's really what I'm discussing about in intuitive fasting. And that's what I work on with my patients. Diagnostically, some biomarkers that you could look at to, I mean, these are labs that I look at with patients. You can look at HDL and triglycerides and the ratio between the two. HDL or what they generally refer to as good cholesterol. We want it to be 59 or above for HDL. Uh, we want triglycerides to be under 100. That's circulating fat. So when the body starts becoming more metabolically inflexible, uh, it'll start storing glucose or blood sugar as circulating fats. You'll see triglycerides would be above 100. Uh, we are also looking at different inflammatory markers like C-reactive protein, more specifically high sensitivity C-reactive protein. We want them to be under one. Uh, we want homocysteine to be under seven. That's another inflammatory protein. We want to look at blood sugar and A1C. We want glucose or fasting blood sugar to be under 90. We want uh, A1C to be under 5.5. That's your two to three month average of your blood sugar. We um, Those are some biomarkers. I mean, I didn't name all of them, but those are some of the things that we look at diagnostically to infer, uh, is the person more metabolically flexible or are they not? Another one that we run, a uh, lab that we run, John, is something called the NMR test or the nuclear magnetic resonance test. It's a lipid test. It's an advanced lipid test. It's a conventional test too uh, that looks at the subfractionation of particles that carry cholesterol. So one of the things that I look at is, is the body producing more of these small dense LDL particles, which are these sort of oxidized, inflamed particles that carry cholesterol, which are actually protein. And a lot of times people, they're not even coming in for cardiometabolic issues, right? They're coming in because of fatigue or an autoimmune problem or a hormonal problem or something like this. And then we run these expanded tests just to get a good solid baseline for what we're dealing with and the things that we don't even know what we're up against until we figure out what's going on. And many times people will be in this pattern B, this sort of oxidized, inflamed particles that carry cholesterol, which are not good. That's a, it's a, the inflammation, chronic inflammation can damage the particles that carry cholesterol and it really impacts liver health in a negative way and systemic health. Uh, so that's another sign are, are, are these high, small, dense LDL particles that can be part of a more extreme version of metabolic inflexibility. Because what, what I'm talking about when I'm discussing metabolic inflexibility is this larger insulin resistance spectrum, where on one end of the insulin resistance spectrum, it's the fatigue, it's the hangriness, it's, it's the insatiable cravings, it's the weight loss resistance. And then a little bit further down on the insulin resistance spectrum, it's 
metabolic syndrome or syndrome X or prediabetes or PCOS in women, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And then it goes to full-blown type 2 diabetes. I mean, researchers estimate it's the majority, it's over half of the United States has a serious blood sugar problem and they're existing somewhere on this insulin resistance spectrum. So that's definitely something that I talk about at length with my patients. We look at labs. And then if you want to just learn more about this and read on your own, check out the inflammation spectrum, check out intuitive fasting because I talk about this at length. And there's lots of free content at drwillcole.com with all the research to the, the scientific literature on these subjects. Great question, John. That's it for today. Thanks again for hanging out with me. I would love to know what you think about the art of being well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday. And I hope you will too. Talk soon.